Hey everyone, welcome along to another bite-sized episode of the High Performance Podcast. These episodes are for when you still want to engage with high performance, you still want some content from us, but you haven't necessarily got an hour or 90 minutes to spare, or you just need a little hit of inspiration or information, something to take you closer to a life of high performance. And I think the key with these conversations and the content that we share is that it's not always wholly positive. Sometimes hearing other people's difficulties, other people's traumas, other people's hard times and how they got over them can be really beneficial to all of us. And what I'm about to share with you now is a small clip from an amazing talk that we hosted on the High Performance Circle. Just a quick reminder, the High Performance Circle is our members club. It is totally free to be a member. Just go to thehighperformancepodcast.com, click on Circle, and you'll get your invite. And you will get access to keynote speeches, to high performance boosts, to newsletters, to offers, all kinds of amazing stuff. And I'm going to share with you something from an amazing lady called Gemma Morgan. She's a speaker, she's a writer, she's a leadership coach, but she actually began her career serving as an officer in the British Army. And in this keynote speech, Gemma exposes the life-changing impact that culture can have on our performance and our well-being. Her message is really hard-hitting. Her message is uncompromising. She talks about safety came from minimising herself, from denying large parts of her. And she describes with searing honesty her battle back from the brink. I just need to let you know that there are themes of trauma, of sexual assault and of suicide in this short clip from High Performance. Um, but I know that so many of you will benefit from the things that Gemma has to share. And if you want to hear the full keynote speech from Gemma Morgan, please just sign up to the High Performance Circle. It's free. It's there for you. And I believe it will get you closer to a life of high performance. I didn't recognise it as gender bias at the time. I loved what the army stood for. I was so immersed. Maybe it was from some sense of loyalty, but my training was formative, shaping me in ways that would last long after discharge. I relished this carefully constructed identity. I believed that if I were tough, then I'd be safe. If I were tough, then they wouldn't treat me that way. And the army began teaching me that I was capable of so much more than I ever imagined. I've never felt more alive. And I miss being a sister in the brotherhood, the connection and knowing that someone's got your back. I miss the adrenaline, the discipline, the training, the soldiers. I miss all of that. But I do not miss wearing men's boots in a smaller size because they didn't make kit for women. I do not miss wearing uniform that cut across my boobs and thighs. I do not miss the less palatable side. The atmosphere was boozy and boorish. It was expected, demanded even, that everyone would join in. And during my early months as a troop commander, I was sexually assaulted. It was Christmas drinks with officers going to the sergeant's mess. And as I was leaving, a senior soldier approached me. He pushed me to the corner. I remember the stench of his breath. And I remember his hands lunging all over my body. I didn't say anything. Speaking up would have been career limiting. So I kept quiet. 
I mean, after all, uninvited groping, well, it was commonplace. We were known as Doris, split ass, lumpy jumper, down the lines. It was all just, well, it was accepted as banter, this jovial part of army life. But it taught me to check my bedroom door each and every single night. It was normal, and so somehow it became accepted. We became desensitized, because when you join the military, they take over every part of your life. You're bound by the rules, and you are trapped behind the wire. Now, I was the first young woman to be awarded the Carmen Sword by the Princess Royal as recognition for being the best young officer in the Corps. And playing sport at the highest level, I captained my country at a World Cup. So to the outside world, I seemed just fine. But the nightmares haunted being there again and again, the smells, the faces. It's more than memories. It's these, well, they're silent fragments of unwanted recollection, the kind that confuses past and present. Red Wellington boots trapped in the ice sheet, occupied. The knock, knock, knocking through the night. And whilst in uniform, there was no place to unravel it, to make sense of its meaning. I tried, but the Brotherhood, they scattered like I had some contagious disease. I was terrified of what might be wrong with me. I was terrified of what it might mean. Manning up, well, manning up was a socially ingrained way of coping. Now, it's hard for anything to stay secret in a world where people live, eat, breathe, work, socialize together. And before long, the inevitable gossip started. There was no confidentiality, there was no safe place, there was nowhere to hide. Loose tongues saw fit to undermine my credibility. It's hard to believe that you're part of a military family when you feel betrayed by your colleagues because it violates everything that you've been taught to believe about army values and army life. And then when the military community deny your distress, in order to protect their own narrative, it is profoundly damaging. I never wanted to leave the army, not then at least. Leaving was a scary prospect. After all, I'd left my civilian friends, my whole civilian community behind. What I wanted, what I needed was genuine support to stay inside. There was the trauma to process, but what came after was in many ways more significant. You see, it's fine when you're on the inside, when you're part of the club, but the problems start when you feel rejected, cast out, isolated. It is utterly dehumanizing. Diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, well, that was just the tipping point on top of an already fractured mind. When I left the army, I wanted to conceal my veteran status because I needed to fit in with civilian circles. But life as a new mum, well, it wasn't what I'd imagined. 
I'd just left this highly disciplined, organized, status-driven environment. And I'd gone into motherhood holding this newborn baby that would not stop crying. I kept a weapon next to my bed. I was hypervigilant at all times, scanning each parked car, checking for marks on the road, all the while as I pushed the pram down the high street. It was like living, hovering next to a fire alarm, just ready for anything at any time. And everything the army had taught me, well, it was now considered too masculine for civilian life. I was deemed too aggressive, too forthright, too abrupt. Well, when you're training, no one ever tells you of the dangers of the double bind. And so for years, I continued to hide. My failure to live up to the soldier ideal carried with it this deep and consuming source of shame. I couldn't look at it. I couldn't tolerate its meaning. And then my failure to conform to what society expected of me as a woman, as a mum outside of the wire, well, it crushed the fragile reserves that I had left. Well, on behalf of everyone at High Performance, thank you so much uh, to Gemma for sharing what she did with us. Uh, just a quick reminder, the highperformancepodcast.com is where you can hear the full keynote speech and you can find out so much more as well. But I just want to say thank you so much for keeping coming back to High Performance, for keeping sharing this podcast, for helping to grow our reach. We've never had more people listening to High Performance outside the UK than we have at the moment. And that means a great deal to us. So huge thanks for the continued support. And make sure you stick with us because in the next few weeks, we have got some stunning guests joining us to share their version of high performance. See you soon.